Hi, I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. This week, we're joined by the one and only Bill Chetney with GRP Advisor Alliance to discuss M&A in the 401k space. As an industry leader, Chetney has bought and sold a number of firms himself and gives his unique take on what the current market means for advisors looking to sell. Bill, with the upcoming election, COVID, and everything else that's happening, where are we with M&A in the 401k space? Well, obviously, COVID has affected you know, all aspects of our life. So I think there's, um, you know, a bit of a stutter step in, in the M&A space, but not necessarily, you know, anything that is trending that will slow it down. Um, election wise, and, and now we have uh, our fearless leader in the, in the hospital with COVID, right. uh, the mystery COVID. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I think maybe the only, only driver there might be the fact that if the front runner Biden is in, your capital gain taxes are going up. So if you're a seller, now's good. Understood. Talk a little bit more about what's driving M&A in the space. Is it scale, fee compression, litigation fears, all of the above? What do you think? Um, I think uh, litigation fears would be the least. Um, you just saw our, our uh, chief ambulance chaser uh, get smacked for uh, being a little too aggressive out there. Um, but I think right. more more fee compression um, in the traditional uh, sense of what a retirement advisors has done. Um, if they're making less money on that, they got to find money or find ways to make money elsewhere, and that requires scale. So they can either hire additional employees to explore wealth management, um, financial wellness, um, you know, getting in the health and welfare market, but something to drive additional fees. Um, you know, requires scale and they can either hire internally or partner. Understood. Your old friend Dick Darian often says that any industry that can consolidate will. It's just the natural order of things. And even something like COVID won't necessarily stop it. Do you agree? Yeah, completely. Um, and I <clears throat> hate agreeing with Dick. Um, and I'll probably <laughs> okay. record this and send it to him. No, but uh, no, absolutely. He's, he's spot on. And that's just capital markets and efficiencies. Um, and COVID is is a blip. It's, it doesn't feel like a blip right now, but it's a blip. Is there any rhyme or reason on the part of buyers when acquiring firms, Bill? Is there a strategy and are they looking for, say, complementary skills or is it just to get as big as they can, buying as many firms as they can? Well, I, I think it kind of goes back to the to the scale and the fee compression and, you know, it's more compatibility. So it's not trying to get you know, better retirement advisors inside larger organizations. Um, the biggest acquirers out there are large health and welfare entities. So you got Hub and One Digital, MMA, and you know they see a very natural opportunity that's mutually beneficial to gather all of this client base that has been serviced only on retirement or mostly on retirement and cross sell. And you know, cross selling and synergy. You know, can be lumped in with some of the other great lies in the world, but if executed properly, it makes a lot of sense. So what should advisors look for in a potential sale bill? Is it multiples, culture, both, something completely different that we haven't thought about? Well, I think multiples are obviously important because that's cash in the bank. And, you know, a decade ago when NRP and NFP and others were acquiring, the, the price tag was five times. And with an earnout potential of another five times that you had to hit pretty substantial 35% CAGR to get that. 
Um, so the multiples that are out there now, eight to 10 times, I would say that would be a driver of why you might want to sell. Um, right, right. So, but culture, you know, when if you if you look at your, if you went out to and did a professional job at, at looking at an acquisition, you're going to have a half a dozen to eight, 10 suitors. But then there'll be three serious ones and their multiples are going to get pretty close together. So that's where the underlying, um, you know, economic benefit to both entities, which is that probably that cross-selling to health and welfare, wealth management, et cetera. I think I would look at how good of a fit is the client base, not just by that company, Hub, One Digital, MMA, whomever, but how is it regionally? Because those entities were roll-ups of health and welfare entities. And so the entity that was bought in Houston might be different from the one bought in St. Louis. And if you're in St. Louis, you got to make sure that it has a, a client base that's going to be compatible with with yours. Are we in early innings, do you think, in terms of 401k M&A? Um, are we following other more mature industries like employee benefits or insurance? Yeah, I I don't know if we're in early innings. I would say it's more middle innings. Uh, a lot of the uh, practices that were acquired, um, you know, these folks are in 55 to 65 year old age brackets. So succession planning, if you want to add something to what's driving this, I think people are thinking about succession planning. And if they can't bring on their own protege by being part of one of these bigger entities, that will, you know, ensure a smoother transition. But um, I think I think the the pool out there is still substantial. It's not early innings or late innings. It's kind of you know top of the sixth. Okay. So you know we were at a GRP conference last year in San Diego, and they were talking about some of the multiples that were out there and what was going to happen. Did you think at the time that they were overheated before we went into COVID? Whatever overheated means. Whatever overheated means. Um, well, it's what the market will bear, right? Um, Back in that late 2000s, uh, the public markets were valuing an NFP at 14 times and a Gallagher in the same range. And now the public markets are maybe valuing a Gallagher at 17 or 18 times. So that just adds additional X to an acquisition and still making it accretive to the acquiring entity. So, you know, that's that's what the market would bear. I'd be a seller at this kind of multiple. And that's what I was going to ask you. So bottom line, is now a good time to sell? What are you telling advisors who ask you for your advice? Well, if you're, if you're, you know, 35 or 40 years old and you have a 15 year, 20 year timeline and you think you're at the early stage of your business, you know, maybe it's not the right time. Although the partnership aspect and the ability to grow through higher margin businesses, the health and welfare in particular, um, is pretty compelling. But if you have a timeline that is two or three years, time to effing sell. Okay? Right okay. now. Right. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. A typical Bill Chetney. That was exactly what we needed. So thank you so much for joining us. Do appreciate it. All right, John. Great, great talking to you. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking again.